Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, this is Chris Penrose with the USC Men's Basketball Podcast here on Believe, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our L.A. teams. Do you believe? Today we're going to get into the non-conference schedule for USC. Uh, If you're familiar with last year, uh, that was one of the things that apparently uh, held USC back from making the NCAA tournament. Uh, For some reason, the tournament team didn't think we had enough quote-unquote A-plus wins in our non-conference schedule before we hit the Pac-12. And uh, they said that was the main reason uh, we did not get into the tournament. I'm not bitter or upset about it, if you can probably tell in the tone of my voice, uh, that the NCAA decided this year, for some reason, that uh, instead of playing really well towards the end of the season, it was what you did in a bunch of games that didn't really mean a whole lot in the beginning of the season. Uh, is what they were going to look at in terms of putting a resume together to see if a team can get into the NCAA tournament. But, you know, in my opinion, leave it to the NCAA to do everything completely backwards. But that's neither here nor there. So let's talk about the upcoming season. Before we get into the games that count on the record, uh, everyone's probably heard of those uh, super secret slash not secret at all scrimmages that most teams are doing right now. Uh, SC had two of those. Their first one was against San Jose State, and then the second one was against San Diego State. Uh, from what I gathered from uh, coaches and people who were there, uh, SC looked pretty good against San Jose State. Uh, they basically won that game by 20 to 30 points, uh, and they didn't have a whole lot of their uh, best players. So Kevin Porter Jr. sat out. He had a, a hand issue that they're trying to correct before the beginning of the season. Betty Boatwright uh, still out uh, with his knee. I think he's basically back to full speed now. Uh, it sounds like he's going to be ready for uh, the opening game. And then Elijah Weaver uh, still recovering from his uh, sprained ankle. He won't be ready until probably mid-December uh, to late December. Uh, but having those three guys back is going to make a big difference. Now, the super secret scrimmage against San Diego State uh, wasn't as positive as uh, the prior scrimmage. Uh, unfortunately, SC only had five healthy guys, Jonah Matthews, uh, Derek Thornton, uh, Jordan Usher, uh, Shaq Aaron, and Rokosevic uh, were the only five that could play uh, due to illness, uh, a couple of light injuries, uh, just kind of preventative holdouts. Uh, SC didn't have a full team for that one. And as we know, San Diego State won the Mountain West Conference last year. Uh, They returned a bunch of really good players from uh, Jalen McDaniels, who's supposed to be a first-round pick in next year's NBA draft. Uh, Devin Watson, who's a point guard, uh, transferred from San Francisco, who's really solid. And then Hemsley, who's a senior at San Diego State. They have a really good squad. Um, coached by Brian Dutcher, who uh, I actually happen to know very well, very good family friend, fantastic coach. Uh, this was going to be 
a pretty good test uh, for USC to kind of see how they were going to enter the year. Uh, unfortunately, not a full team, uh, not a great performance. I think they kind of stuck around uh, in the first half. I think from what I've heard, they've only lost they only lost by about four points in the first half, and then guys got tired. I think some cramps started to settle in. San Diego State started to settle in, and the second half wasn't too pretty. And I think it was called a little early because uh, some guys were cramping up and and couldn't really go any further. All that said, other than uh, Elijah Weaver, uh, I think we're going to be pretty healthy going into the season. Uh, SC opens up November 6th, 8 o'clock at night, at the Galen Center versus Robert Morris out of Pennsylvania. Last year, the Colonials went 16-17 and 17 overall, 9-9 nine and nine in conference. Uh, they lost their leading scorer, uh, Deshaun Burke, but they returned three starters, uh, Kobe Thomas, Maddie McConnell, John Williams. Uh, those guys averaged 12 points, 11 points, and 6 points, respectively. This will be uh, a good tester for SC to open up. Uh, these guys, uh, a lot of the Robert Morris guys have played together for a few years, uh, they have some senior leadership on this team. Our guys are going to have to figure out what kind of team they are early. Uh, I know Coach Enfield is going to want them to really focus on getting out on the break, uh, getting defensive stops, rebounding the ball, and really pushing it against this team to kind of get ready for some of the more fast-paced teams that they're going to be playing against as the season progresses. Now, the second game of the year is a big one. Vanderbilt comes to town. And if you recall, last year uh, we went to Vanderbilt. was an incredible game. SC ended up coming back from a pretty decent deficit late in the second half, uh, put the game into overtime, and went 93-89. to So you know they're going to be coming back looking for some vengeance. And last year's Vanderbilt team was a little bit of a disappointment. They had a really good season prior. Um, they made the tournament. Uh, Bryce Drew's... Uh, first season as head coach, um, they returned a lot of senior leadership, and they weren't get they weren't able to get back to the big dance. And I think that was kind of surprising uh, for everyone. I think Vanderbilt was looked at as an SEC team that was on the rise in a competitive conference, who was going to look at kind of making a name for themselves uh, as last year continued. Didn't really happen, uh, but this year they have a load of talent coming in. Bryce Drew brought in. Uh, the nation's 13th overall recruiting class. Darius Garland is probably the biggest recruit in that class. He turned down Kentucky and UCLA to stay home at Vanderbilt. He's going to be one of their top players this year. Uh, sweet shooting guard Aaron Nesmith and then big guy uh, Simi Shitu. Uh, all three of those guys will probably start right away. And they only have one senior returning, uh, which is forward Joe Toy. Uh, but other than that, uh, this is going to be a really young team, but very talented team. And I think it's really going to test our point guards. Jonah Matthews and Derek Thornton. We're really going to see where they are in their development early on in the season uh, when they face up against the Vanderbilt Commodores. Then a few days later, on November 14th, uh, we have the Stetson Hatters out of the Atlantic Sun Conference coming to the Galen Center. And I'd be lying to you if I told you uh, I didn't have to look up uh, Stetson on the internet to figure out what conference they were in and where they were from. Last year, they were 12-20 and 20 overall, 
four and ten in conference, and this looks to be one of those games where the USC athletic department flies a team down. Uh, we used to call them guarantee games, and uh, put them up in a hotel, have them come in, get us a win, and then ship them on back out to where they came from. But you know, you can never be too sure. We all kind of remember what happened a few years ago when Michigan's football team played Appalachian State. And Michigan was like a 100-point favorite, and Appalachian State ended up shocking them. That should have been a guarantee game. My freshman year at USC, we actually paid Cal Poly San Luis Obispo to come down in the old sports arena, and we ended up losing by about 15 points. That was uh, a pretty spirited and fiery post-game lecture from Coach Henry Bibby, if I do recall. Um, heard some words that I hadn't heard before. So you can never be too sure. Uh, these guaranteed games uh, should turn out as wins, but you can never count anyone out. That's why they play the game. Then on November 19th, SC has to go put their big boy pants on. Go to Kansas City, Missouri for the NABC Hall of Fame Classic. And they match up against a tournament team from last year, Texas Tech. Last year, Texas Tech went 27-10. Lost to 18th ranked West Virginia in the Big 12 semifinal game. Went to the tournament. Beat Stephen F. Austin uh, 70-60. Then they beat Florida to go to the Sweet 16 where they met with Purdue, beat them 78-65, and then went to the Elite Eight, where they played the eventual national champion, the Lenovo Wildcats, in which they lost 71-59. to So last year, Texas Tech's identity was really that of a defensive-minded team. Now, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what their identity is this year, uh, as they lose two of their best players, their star freshman, Zaire Smith, uh, left to the NBA. I think he was drafted number 16 overall by the Suns. Uh, and then Keenan Evans was kind of their senior leader. He graduated. So two of their top players uh, will not be with the team uh, this year. Their star wing, Jarrett Culver, who averaged about 12 points a game last year. He's going to be the guy that's going to have to step up for Texas Tech. But... If they're anything like the team they were last year defensively, it's going to be uh, very interesting to see how SC's offense is going to do against them because SC's going to try to go up and down. They're going to try to create turnovers on defense, push it on offense, try to get easy layups, wide open threes in transition. Texas Tech's not a team that's going to let that happen. So something's going to have to give in this one. Both teams will have a couple games underneath their belt, so the rush should be off. And we'll really get a sense of uh, how this USC team is going to battle against one of the top teams in the country. Now on the other side of the bracket for this tournament, it's just a four-team tournament. Uh, you'll have Missouri State and Nebraska. And the winner of that game will obviously play the winner of the USC-Texas Tech game. Now, I don't know how exciting Missouri State or Nebraska is. I would think if I were setting up this tournament, I would probably have... USC play either Nebraska or Missouri State and have Texas Tech play the other one. And then hopefully the SC-Texas Tech game would be the championship game. But it's not my tournament. I don't make the decisions. But I'm just saying if I were running it, I think that would be probably a more exciting game. So after that, the Trojans will come back to Los Angeles, uh, in which they'll have a few home games in a row. 
Cal State Bakersfield on November 25th in the Galen Center. Uh, Long Beach State, November 28th. That's always kind of a tricky one. Long Beach State is one of those you know LA teams where a lot of guys grow up watching UCLA and USC. So when they don't go to a Power 5, Pac-12 conference, they go to kind of a smaller LA school. These games are always circled on their calendar. They always want to go show USC what they're missing. And kind of it's kind of a revenge game. It's kind of a you didn't recruit me, so here I am. I'm going to go out and drop 25 on you and show you what you're missing out on. So these games always make me a little nervous. When I played, we always played like Northridge. Um, we played Long Beach State a couple times. Fullerton. I remember my freshman year, we played Fullerton. They had Bobby Brown, who played in the NBA for a very long time. And he had a day against us. Playing against Derek Craven, Eric Craven, the Stewart Twins. Bobby Brown went 10 of 18 from the field. 5 of 9 from 3. Had 27 points. Five assists, and and basically kept Fullerton in the game. We only won that one, ninety six to ninety, and I think we were actually down with about six minutes to go. Luckily, we kind of came back at the end, made some free throws, and uh, and made the game seem not as close as it was. But these games against other LA schools, you got to be prepared and bring your A game because you know these guys will. This is almost like a Super Bowl for them. So. Uh, Never, you can never sleep on a Long Beach State or a Fullerton or a Cal Poly uh, or a Northridge or anything like that. So, And then we have the big game of the non-conference, the Nevada Wolfpack out of the Mountain West Conference coming into town off a 29-8 regular season record from last year, 15-3 in conference, made it to the NCAA tournament, beat Texas in the opening round 87-83 in overtime, then played Cincinnati for a chance to go to the Sweet 16, beat them 75-73, and then they made up with the other Cinderella story of the tournament last year, Loyola University Chicago, and which you've remembered they lost on a last-second shot. Uh, they basically had their ticket punched to go to the Elite Eight, but Marcus Towns from Loyola Chicago hit that big three with about six seconds left to seal the deal, and Nevada went home. Now this year, depending on... Uh, which poll you look at, Nevada could be a preseason five uh, or a preseason nine or somewhere in between to start the year. And they return everyone. Uh, they return their top three scorers in uh, Jordan Caroline, uh, Caleb Martin, and his twin brother, Cody Martin. And then they add a McDonald's All-American, Jordan Brown, as well as graduate transfer Trey Porter from Old Dominion into the mix. And this team is very, very dangerous. So in my opinion, this is probably the biggest game of the non-conference schedule. This is the one that's going to get the most attention, not only from the NCAA when it comes to look at tournament resumes, but I think from the fan base. I mean, I would hope that the Galen Center is packed to capacity for this game, Uh Lord knows this team is going to need all the support that they can get because Nevada is not here to take an L. They're here to come in and win. And they're projected to end the season as you know, an Elite Eight or a Final Four type team. So this is one that's highlighted, and this is one that uh, I hope all of Trojan Nation goes out uh, and supports our boys for. 
and that game really kind of kicks off a, a really tough uh, series of games for SC. Three tough games in a row. The next one's December 7th against TCU at Staples Center. We all know Jamie Dixon is a top-notch coach. If you recall when Coach Floyd left, uh, Jamie Dixon's name was on the top of the list of coaches kind of everyone wanted USC to go after. Had a very successful run at Pitt where they were ranked number one in the country a few times. Just a really solid coach entering his third year at TCU where last year they finished the season 21-12. and uh, not great in conference, went 9-9, and but they made it to the NCAA tournament. They were awarded a sixth seed. They played Syracuse in the opening round, ended up losing because they really struggled against that tough 2-3 Syracuse zone. But they're going to enter this season ranked number 20 in the country, according to the AP Top 25. And that's going to be after losing their top two scorers, uh, Vladimir Brodzianski and Kenrick Williams, who combined for an average 28 points, 14 rebounds, and five assists a game, which just kind of shows you that Jamie Dixon really is building a program uh, over his three years at TCU. Uh, I mean, looking at their roster now, I mean, one guy that really pops out is Jalen Fisher. I mean, that's a name that I think you're going to hear a lot this year. He's a junior. Suffered a season-ending knee injury uh, at the end of last season. He missed the last 16 games uh, of last year's season. And I honestly think he's most likely a first-round draft pick in next year's NBA draft. If he goes out, I think he's a first-rounder. I love his game. Great shooter. Great floor presence. Sees the floor well. I really like his leadership. He's the type of guy that you want handling the ball when you're down two with 10 seconds left on the clock. So that game's at Staples Center. Um, I hope all of Los Angeles comes out to that one. It's always fun to watch the Trojans play uh, in an NBA arena like that. And then from there, uh, SC goes to Tulsa, Oklahoma to play the Oklahoma Sooners. We all remember last year, Oklahoma actually came to L.A., played in Staples Center. SC was down big early in the game. They had a furious comeback at the end, ended up losing by two. Uh, so this is a revenge game. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. You know, Long Kruger coaches Oklahoma. Uh, if you remember, he used to be the coach of Arizona State. So he's familiar with the Pac-12. Does a lot of recruiting on the West Coast. So I think a lot of our guys are familiar with him. And it's going to be interesting. I mean, Trey Young isn't walking through that Oklahoma locker room door anymore. So they're going to need their other guys to step up. So that means Christian James who scored 19 against the Trojans in last year's game, and Brady Manick, who scored 15, are really going to have to be the guys that provides the leadership and the scoring for Oklahoma this year. But I'm pretty excited about the fact that Trey Young won't be able to score 29 against the Trojans. He was just on fire last year, and that was during that stretch of the season where he literally couldn't miss. He was pulling up you know, three steps past half court. He literally did look like Steph Curry. With the shots that he was taking, the shots were going in, and uh, I'm not good, I'm not upset that he was a first round draft pick, and we don't have to play against him this year. So after that brutal three game streak against Nevada, TCU, and Oklahoma, the Trojans will go up to Northern California and face Santa Clara from the WCC 
coming off uh, an 11 and 20 season, 8 and 10 in conference. And last year they came to the Galen Center and USC beat them 82 to 59. So the Trojans hope to go up there and come out with the same result as last year. Then the Trojans returned back to LA uh, last two games. Before the Pac-12 starts, December 21st, they play Southern Utah, uh, coming off a 13-9 and season, 5-13 and in the Big Sky Conference. And then they close out the non-conference schedule December 30th uh, against UC Davis, who's coming off a pretty decent year. They went 22-11 and overall, 12-4 and in the Big West Conference, won the regular season title, uh, lost to Cal State Fullerton. Uh, big upset in the Big West uh, tournament. Lost to them by three points. Made it to the NIT. Played Utah. Made it a tough game. Ended up losing by 10. And they returned the bulk of their guys. So uh, this is another game that SC can't be looking ahead to the Pac-12. They're going to have to come in. Know what they have to do to get better. Uh, make the right adjustments after a long non-conference schedule. Uh, and use the UC Davis game to finalize the identity of this team and what they're going to be as they start the Pac-12. So that's the non-conference schedule. I'm really excited about it. Of those 13 games, I'm feeling really good if SC goes 10-3. and That means that they had won some decent games against Texas Tech or Nevada or even TCU or Oklahoma. One of those should be a win. Uh, If we can split those four games, I'll be really excited about where this team is going into the Pac-12 Conference. And we're almost there. November 6th. That's when the journey kicks off against Robert Morris. So that's it for me. Uh, If you enjoyed this show, uh, please subscribe. We're available uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeart. You could find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. Dot com, And if you have any questions for me, you can always hit me up. My Twitter is cpenrose, number one, number zero. And on Instagram, same thing, cpenrose, one, zero. So that's it. I'll be back next week with a full-on recap of the Robert Morris game. So until then, I'm Chris Penrose with Believe, signing off. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.